Hello, and welcome to part two of the Open Systems Media webcast, introducing Windows 10 IoT Enterprise 2019. I'm your moderator, Brandon Lewis, here with today's speaker, Ken Marlin of Aero Electronics. Before we begin, I'd like to more formally introduce Ken, who is a business development manager for Aero Intelligent Systems and is a Microsoft Most Valuable Professional. He has over 30 years of experience in Microsoft supporting all Microsoft products and programs, but specializing in Microsoft OEM IoT Embedded, OEM System Builder, and Volume Programs. If you need assistance in understanding the Microsoft products and programs, Ken can walk you through how to get started. To contact him, please email ken.marlin at arrow.com. Now let's address a few housekeeping items before we begin the event, which consists of roughly 50 minutes of interactive presentation, including a few poll questions, followed by 10 minutes of audience Q&A at the end of the hour. Directing your attention to the features of your audience viewing console, the Enlarge Slides button will maximize the presentation slides to fill your entire screen. The Download Slides button will allow you to download and print the slides if you'd prefer to follow along with a hard copy. The Forward to a Friend button allows you to send an email that includes a registration link to this webcast so that your friends and colleagues can also attend. Most importantly, the Ask a Question text box lets you participate in the event by simply typing a question into the box and hitting the Submit Question button below. You can submit questions at any time during the course of the presentation, and we encourage you to do so early and often while you're reviewing the material. We'll address as many of these questions as possible during the closing Q&A, and if you have questions about the webcast operation itself, feel free to submit those as well, and one of our technicians will be happy to assist. A final reminder before we begin is that all Open Systems Media webcasts are copyrighted and may not be recorded without prior permission. At this point, we can get started, so I'd like to hand it off to Ken Marlin of Aero Electronics. Ken, the floor is yours. Awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining uh, joining me today and uh, learning more about the Windows 10 product family. Um, as Brandon mentioned, this is uh, web, webinar number two, um, an extension of the previous webinar that we did back in December. Um, so today, I will definitely, I'm, I'm going to be covering Windows 10 IoT Enterprise um, as well as the uh, Server 2019 and a little bit of SQL at the end, so we'll, we'll fit a few of those in on the end of this. But uh, referencing back to the last webinar, and we do have the link to the replay there, so if you do want to go back and watch that one, um, it, you can uh, do that by that link there. Um, that webinar, we focused a lot on the, the release of the new product, the Windows 10 IoT Enterprise 2019 LTSC, um, and we, we talked a lot about the features, um, and then we had a little bit of touching on the IoT Core and the IoT Core Services um, product. In this extension, we're going to now um, talk a little bit more about the uh, embedded program, signing the CLA, how to get started, all of the things that you need to get going if you um, want to give this product a try, um, or if you've, you've already made up your mind and you want to jump into this and start using this product, um, you're in the right place. We're going to cover those steps today. We'll also talk about the licensing. We'll get into best practices and tips. Um, I'll show a few examples of how some of the features are implemented. Um, and then, as I stated, we'll cover Server 2019, SQL, as well as the Callus pilot option uh, for those that might uh, want to learn more about client access licensing with Server. So Brandon uh, already introduced me, but I do want to you know, visually uh, give you guys an idea 
I am based in Phoenix, Arizona. I am a three-time Microsoft MVP, specifically on IoT products, 30 years in the distribution channel. Um, I'd like to tell people I'm your licensing guru. So when it comes to someone that knows licensing, those kind of people in the in the channel are not easy to find. Um, I'm your resource for that. Arrow is your resource for that. Um, so no matter what Microsoft product or program, we should be you know the person that you're calling um, to get some help with that. But certainly IoT is a focus. Um, I do have a nickname, the Windows Champ, which uh, started a YouTube channel. Uh, the link is there. You can certainly go out there and uh, subscribe to my channel. We expect to be uh, publishing a number of new videos as we move into 2019. And then I do have a blog um, where I cover. I try to write one at least once a quarter um, and cover the latest topics and the latest you know questions that that come up a lot. Um, we'll try to turn that into a blog. So if you're looking for uh, the latest info, that's a good place to look. I want to give a quick overview of Arrow's service offering. So um, Arrow's global services offering. Um, we are a, a global uh, Salesforce team that supports OEMs in every possible need that you might have. So we can support all your services, including hardware, value add, as well as the cloud. Starting with the products, we can accelerate your time to market with custom-built, customer-centric manufacturing solutions. Um, as, well, as, as far as fulfillment services, we ensure you always have the right product at the right place at the right time. We have best-in-class tools and services when it comes to supply chain services and financial services. Um, we're a leader in that space. We can definitely help you out. We also have design services where that you can um, collaborate with Arrow's expert engineering team to create innovative technology solutions. So for everything from NPI and first article to testing and certification, to research and design, we have you covered there. When it comes to manufacturing services, whether it be planning to integrate, technical operations, um, you name it, we have it. When it comes to hardware, software, cloud integration, um, bill of materials management, and then as well, um, managed services as far as installation, configuration, remote monitoring, any type of support services. If you're interested in any of these services listed, definitely get with us and we can um, provide more details and see how we can assist you to help you scale. We also have an Arrow Microsoft website. I definitely like to promote this site. Um, this is where my blogs are located. We have some videos. We have some most frequently asked questions, so the most common questions are out there. But the number one thing I like to use this website for is for end of life and end of support dates on these products. Um, it's, it's not too hard to find an end of support date on Microsoft's website. They'll have a lifecycle website that's pretty easily to find. Um, but finding an end of life date, not very easy. So we've made it easy for you here on our website here. So please bookmark that website and use it um, for to your advantage. So um, as we jump into getting started with the Windows 10 IoT, we're going to open up with a poll, and um, I will give it over to Brandon to uh, start the first poll question. Very good. Thanks a lot, Ken. Uh, so poll question number one, what is our current audience, that would be you, uh, level on the IoT channel? Uh, currently, you have a CLA agreement and, and are experienced. You have a current CLA agreement, agreement but have little experience. 
your CLA has expired and you have experience but need a new CLA, you don't have a CLA but have experience with IoT, or you're brand new to this whole thing, there's no CLA and you have no experience. So you, the audience, what's your current level um, of experience with the IoT channel and do you have a CLA? Give me a few more seconds. I'll mention that CLA, uh, CLA stands for Customer License Agreement. It's the agreement between an OEM and Microsoft to actually buy and sell and, and uh, use this channel. So I meant to include a definition of CLA, but that stands for Customer License Agreement. Very good. It looks like we got the uh, responses back. Ken, uh, what do you make of these? That's fantastic. I, I was hoping for quite a few new people, so um, lots of folks with no CLA and no experience. Um, so that that's great. Definitely for those that have a CLA, you know, there's still lots of good information here. Uh, it'll be a little bit of a refresher for the next few slides, but outside of that, um, well, we also I, I'm going to speak to a, a new version of the CLA that, that came out. So I'm going to hit on an important important part there. So uh, this is good though. We have lots of new folks on here. All right, I'm going to jump back into, so when we talk about the Windows IoT market space, um, I love this slide because it basically shows that you have a lot of industry verticals. And um, what we're looking at here is just basically a handful of them from anything from medical devices to point of sale, cash registers, uh, whether it be measuring devices, industrial automation, gambling machines, um, some that aren't listed are you know smart buildings, smart homes. Um, when we think about an embedded space, you're talking about a device that uh, pretty much has a dedicated function. It, it boots in order to do that function. Um, what, what we find is a lot of OEMs actually are using the wrong product. They're, in many cases, using Windows 10 Professional uh, for their products, or they're buying that with a, a hardware device already preloaded, when in truth, they should be using the Windows 10 IoT Enterprise product um, and it, which has far more advantages for this space. It's Microsoft uh, came up with this program and this channel specifically targeted for these type of embedded devices. So if you're building any type of device that fits into this space um, or you think it might fit into this space, you know, you should be talking with us and we should um, be going over your options. So very quickly, um, you basically on the left have dedicated devices, and on the right you have general purpose. And that's always going to be the first question that we ask. You know, what type of device are you building? Is it a general purpose computer that someone surfs the web, checks their email, it boots to the desktop, and they use it for whatever they want, or is it a dedicated appliance? Pretty simple question for the most part. I do get some OEMs that sort of fall sort of in the middle sometimes. So if it's you know if it isn't just simple and clear, definitely still talk with us. Let's see if uh, you still might qualify. Uh, but ultimately, per the CLA, the Customer License Agreement, the embedded system means a device that is designed for and on which an embedded application is installed as part of the image. So once you've answered that question and you think that yeah, I'm build definitely building an appliance, there are six steps. To, to get to get started. In this slide, I'm basically giving you a snapshot of all six. We'll touch base on all six steps in further slides. But um, it's a very simple process, and this is one that even if you're not sure if this program is right for you, you can still definitely go through the first four steps without actually spending any money. 
Um, so if you're just thinking about this, this is what you want to do. So the first step is you need to sign the customer license agreement, which we'll talk about more in a second. Um, and then once Microsoft approves that, then, then you move to step two, which is getting your hands on the media. And we have a number of different ways to help you with that. The third is a product key, which will enable the product to, to function. And the fourth is to basically build, test, and customize and do all of your internal testing. And you can do all of that with this program without actually purchasing any licenses. It's just a matter of signing the agreement, getting your hands on the product, and get started. If you find out that the product does do everything that you want it to do, then the fifth step is to purchase the licenses, which are COA stickers that you will put on each device before you ship them. And then the last requirement is that you are considered the OEM of the appliance, and so you have to support it. Um, so if the end user has problems, they don't call Microsoft, um, and they don't call Arrow. They actually call you first, and then if you have issues uh, answering them, then you will call Arrow, and then we'll work with Microsoft to get your answers um, provided. So let's start with the CLA agreement. It's the very first step. And today they're on what they call CLA version 7.0, um, and it just came out this past August. And so if you're brand new to this, you'll be signing the, the CLA version 7.0. And it's one agreement that covers all of these products. So not just the Windows 10, but you also get all the older versions of Windows, as well as the Windows Server and SQL family of products. The CLA 7 was released in August of 2018. And for any of those that currently have a CLA 6.0, the old version, you actually have until this June, the end of June 2019, to get moved to 7.0. Um, right next to the, the yellow uh, the gold star there, what I wanted to point out is if you think you're on CLA 6 today, go ahead and send an email to Arrow, our, our Arrow Microsoft team right now via the msembedded at arrow.com. Or if you just want to go, you already know you want to go ahead and pursue this, knowing that it doesn't cost any money and there's no commitment, no minimum purchases, Send us an email now. I mean, take the moment right now while we're thinking about it. Send us an email. Let us know that you're ready to move to 7.0, um, or you're not sure and you want to check and see which version you're on, or you're ready to start the process. It's all done electronically, so it's super easy to do. We can also send you the agreement in PDF format, so if you want to review it ahead of time, or if you happen to have a legal team that wants to look at it, um, we can do that as well. And then once signed and active, it covers all of these products, and you can then uh, move on to step two, which is getting your hands on the media. Um, so in this channel, what you do is once you are active with the agreement, you have access to this Microsoft website called the Embedded Software Order Center. And that, in that website, you can actually download any of the media for any of those products that, we just, that I just showed you on the, the slide beforehand. Um, we can also uh, ship you a physical DVD, uh, but in March they're going to actually going to Microsoft's going to start charging for the DVD um, as well as shipping. So we're still trying to work out a process there, uh, but just know there may be a charge come March um, for LPKs, but it's always free to download. Um, and here at, at Arrow, we do have a separate option. If you have trouble with the website, we can. We have other ways to help you get the media as well. So that would be the next step. Get your hands on that media. 
and then you can uh, move to the next step, which is getting a product key. So the one thing I like to point out right away is the product key is not a license. Sometimes people just ultimately assume that the product key is the license, um, and it's not. In this channel, the COA sticker is the license, and so the key is just an enabler of the product. And in this channel, you can actually request a single EPK EA product key that allows up to 50,000 activations, um, and you can use that key with the media to load up systems and activate them and do all of your testing you know, on company premises without purchasing a COA sticker license. I will say this, it is the, the free testing is for on-company premises only, so if you're going to build a demo unit that's going to go to a trade show or that's going to go to a customer for, te for testing or eval, in those situations where it leaves company premises, you would need to buy a COA sticker license. But internal, um, nothing's required to purchase for the licenses. I also mentioned there at the bottom that there is a free uh, VAMT, which stands for Volume Activation Ma uh, Management Tool. Um, I have a YouTube video that's sort of in the picture there um, on my YouTube channel that shows you how to um, install and use that tool. That tool is within the Windows 10 ADK, which is a, f a free toolkit that anybody can download. So if you just search on Windows 10 ADK, you'll see that, and that tool is within it, and that will allow you to monitor how many activations on that single key have been used. And the fourth step um, is around building and customizing the device. So, um, and I did touch base on some of this already on the company premises. So no COA license required, load it up, activate, do all your testing. Um, of course, it is best to, to practice uh, customizing and locking it down. We'll touch base on that uh, as well in a minute. And then my YouTube channel has many videos on getting you started. So the fifth step is the um, licensing. So the license itself is this COA sticker. And uh, when you're ready to ship a production unit, you would place an order with Arrow for the sticker, and you can buy these in one packs, 10 packs, 100 packs. You buy them when you need them, um, and you, you, know, you can inventory them, or you can wait till, wait till you need them. We typically keep the most common ones in inventory ready to ship. And there are, for Windows 10 IoT, there are two styles, and I'm showing you both styles here. On the left, you have a bigger COA sticker with a product key on it and a little scratch off, kind of like a lottery ticket that's sort of hiding the first part of the key. Most OEMs don't go that route um, because you have to change the product key on every system that you load. Um, most OEMs go with the one on the right, which is the EPKEA version, and it's a much smaller sticker with no key code on it. For some reason, people think that long number on the sticker is the key. It is not. That's a serial number. You would use that single key that you requested via form. And again, here at Arrow, we will help you with all of these steps. So we will help you requesting that key, the media, et cetera. The thing to know is if these stickers are lost or damaged, uh, you basically have to buy new ones. Um, it's not as simple as, hey, I lost 10 stickers. Can you ship me 10 more? These are the licenses. If you lose them, you have to buy new ones to replace them. And when you apply them to a system, they do live and die with that system. You're allowed to replace um, parts inside the system that may go bad and reactivate if you replace the whole parts in the system with a whole new system that's um, considered 
improved over the old one, then that Microsoft would see that as a new computer and you would require a new license. And the sixth step, which is after you've shipped it and the end customer's using it, is supporting it. So um, if anything goes wrong, that customer's going to call you for help. And that's primarily because there's so many different kinds of devices uh, out there, and Microsoft doesn't know what kind of device you're building. So you're responsible as the OEM of that device. Here are a lot of links and websites to use as a reference to help you, everything from the Microsoft Docs website to the Microsoft Update Catalog. Um, and I will highlight the Update Catalog. It's a very important website to get the cumulative updates um, offline. So if you're going to manage your updates offline rather than using the Windows Update built into the product, that's the website for you. So make sure and use these. Uh, and then lastly, again, recommending my YouTube channel. So as you jump into the licensing, um, I'm going to show you a, a chart here. I love my chart. So again, this is kind of an eye chart. I'm not going to cover the whole chart here. The point of this is primarily for right channeling, making sure that you're in the right channel, using the right channel. Um, the right licensing for the product that you're building. On the far left, you have the OEM embedded. In the middle, OEM system builder. And on the right, volume licensing. I'll just touch base on the last four rows. So the life cycle, the embedded family has a 15-year life cycle. For Windows 10, it's a 10-year. That's primarily because it's kind of a sliding scale. Uh, but all the other products are 15 years. Versus system builder, which is typically two, and volume channel, which is typically one to two. So again, when you're building a device and you want to have it around for more than a couple of years, there's no doubt you want to use the embedded channel. Um, the OEM channels are the only way to get a full client OS. Volume is an upgrade only. And then recovery media is an important part of an embedded system. Typically, some OEMs might be shipping recovery media. That is allowed. Um, it's getting less and less where people ship media uh, because DVDs are becoming less and less, but it is allowed. And then the cost, the embedded channel, is by far the least expensive channel to, to obtain your product. So when we talk about the licensing of the specific Windows 10 IoT Enterprise product, again, as I stated earlier, there are two options, whether you want the key on the sticker or the single key. Um, and I'm showing both of those at the bottom with the, the, the sticker next to them. So the top one is the single key, and the bottom three are the key on sticker. And then within the product, you have three levels because it is licensed based on the processor of the device that you're building. And so you have um, high-end value and entry. And um, I'll show you the processor placemat, what they call the placemat, so it determines which processor qualifies for which level. The thing to know is that it is a 100% honor system. So this is Windows 10. You're going to build an image with Windows 10. It's going to run on any x86 processor. Um, but depending on which processor you're using, you have to purchase the appropriate sticker. There's nothing within the product that's going to limit it based on the processor. It's a, you know, again, just an honor system. Most people go with the single sticker, so which would be the top three part numbers there. That's the most commonly purchased with the single stick, single key. Tiny, much smaller sticker. And here's the processor placemat. 
um, and the process of placemat. It's a little bit tricky to, to read, um, but ultimately, it, 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 the first row is your entry level. So it's going to be the least expensive way to buy the product. And that's your, in, that's your selected Pentium, selected Celeron, rest of Atom. Um, and then, of course, some of the AMD processors in there as well. And then the middle one is your value, and that's you know, rest of Pentium, rest of Celeron, selected Atom. Um, and then the high end at the bottom, which is your Core i7 and Xeons as well as all other non-specified processors. So if there's a processor that's not on here, it falls under high-end. A good example of that is the new AMD A9. So if you see in the middle in value, they have the AMD A10 and A8, but the new A9 is not on this chart. So currently, it would fall under all other, which would be high-end. So you'd have to buy the high-end part number. Microsoft will be updating this from time to time. It's not on a set schedule when they do, uh, but because obviously new processors are released over time, they do review those and see what performance level they fit, and then they'll update this chart and post it to the Microsoft Device Partner Center. And from there, I think we have our next poll. So back to Brandon for the poll. Very good. All right. So. Another question for you, the audience. Uh, what's your level of customization skills? Uh, a, you're a pro. Sysprep imaging and locking it down is a breeze. B, you've captured images and used sysprep but never locked it down. C, you've you never used sysprep and just load systems the old-fashioned way. Or D, you've never customized a Windows image. So real quick again, your level of customization skills, you're a pro. You've captured images and used sysprep but never locked it down, never used sysprep and just load systems the old-fashioned way, or you've never even customized a Windows image. I'll give you a few more seconds. All right, let's take a look at the results. Okay, Ken, here are the results. What do you think? That's good. I was expecting a, a good mixture. So a um, little bit more on the never use this prep and, and uh, I've never customized, um, which I, I was thinking of trying to combine those two actually um, into one. So that makes sense. But we do have some people there with some experience, which is great. It's kind of what I, like, I expected, but good to see that we've got some, some that haven't done it before. Perfect. Get um, sorry. Let me get back to where I was at. I think that that is the right place. All right, things to consider when starting. So, um, what, basically, I'm going to go over some of the best practices and tips. Some of the, these are basically a lot of the top questions we get when the customers first start out. And they're the questions that you should be thinking about when you first start out. So, um, and sometimes people don't think about these. So it's important that we touch base on these. And again, these are all question marks or questions, if you will. Um, and I'll speak to some of them and touch base on a few of them in later slides. So the first question is to activate or not, offline device versus online. So believe it or not, this product has the ability to defer activation. and um, the reason for that is we have many OEMs that build devices that are not allowed to touch the Internet or 
They might be installed in remote sites that don't have Internet access, or it might be a security reason where they just don't want them to touch the Internet. And this product is able to, to um, handle that. So if you're going to build a device that either you don't want it to touch the Internet or it won't touch the Internet, you can actually leave it in deferred activation. In other words, you won't activate it. And the key, the key thing to remember is if you're going to do that is make sure and don't activate your test system and don't activate your gold image. So just keep it completely in the offline mode. Um, but if you're building a system that you know will probably touch the Internet or could touch the Internet, um, then you definitely want to go ahead and activate it, and you will do the activation before you ship, ship the units. Um, to sysprep or not, how many units shipping? So sometimes I deal with customers who might ship 10 systems a year, and they're not going to spend a week or two developing a complete sysprep image with all kinds of unattended scripts and trying to do uh, basically create a, a generalized image. Um, and so, and they may only have one hardware platform. So, so first thing to note is Microsoft wants you to sysprep the system, um, no matter how many systems you're doing. But uh, you, it, there's obviously tons of customization and tons of different things you can do with sysprep. If you're just building a few systems on one hardware platform, you can just keep it simple, sysprep it, you know, capture the image. Um, but for others, if you're building thousands of systems, multiple hardware platforms, Typically, that's where you're going to spend some time, and you're going to, you're going to dive into quite a bit more technical capabilities around customizing it. Then we need to talk about to update or not. Will your device need updating, and how often? So again, you need to think about, is this thing connected to the Internet? Will it be updated all the time? Do I need to keep it completely updated, or do I need to make sure that it just doesn't update? Um, and I'm going to handle all the updates manually, and we'll talk, we'll talk more on that in a second. Then um, consider you know, the benefits of connecting it to the cloud, all of the different Azure services that you can obtain, whether it be storage, whether it be analytics, whether it be management of the device. Um, many, many different services are available through our Azure program. If you want to learn more about that, please work with us. We can definitely help you on that. Then you, it's very important to think about product lifecycle. How long do you plan on shipping? Um, very quick, funny story. Had a customer call up, needed 500 units of DOS. And, you know, we're like, DOS went end of life two years ago. You know, and they're like, what do you mean? I thought we'd have DOS forever, right? It's, uh, you have to know how long you're going to ship a product, and Microsoft publishes the end of life dates from the time it's launched. It's not something that just comes up um, randomly. So know how long you're going to ship it. You also have to keep, keep track of the hardware lifecycle as well. Will that hardware be available in five years? That type of thing. Plan for that. To lock down or not, how far should it be locked down? Some systems don't have to be locked down as tight as others. You need to think, you know, do I need a, do I need a keyboard filter? Do I need a write filter? Um, do I need to lock the USB ports? Th those are things you need to consider. How much of the desktop do I need locked down? Um, the EULA, the end user license terms, the license agreement terms, you are required to pass along the EULA um, to explain to the end user that this is a dedicated device, not for general purpose. You need to pass along those terms. There are a number of ways to do that. You can print it, put it in the box. You can have it pop up on the screen. You can have it connected to an FTP 
um, website. You need to think about those. I would say most OEMs print it, put it in the box, because for a device, when you turn it on, you don't necessarily want a EULA pop on the screen. But that is an option. And then lastly, recovery media. Are you going to do recovery media? What type of recovery media? Will it be download? Will it be USB? Will it be DVD? Again, all those things we can help you with here at Arrow. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk about updates. Um, so delivering the monthly updates to the device. You know, basically, um, are you going to go with the hands-off approach? So the first one is just using the built-in Windows update. So certainly, if these are devices that are connected to the Internet, they have access, um, you have full control over um, customizing the Windows update tool. If it's, in, if it's the long-term service channel product, feature updates are blocked. So you're not having to worry about any new features coming down. You will only get quality updates, which are basically your security patches and hotfixes. But how often do you want those? Do you want those immediately? Do you want that to be delayed a week? Or do you just want that completely blocked and you want to do it manually? Um, you can certainly control and manage all of that with this product. If you happen to be in a situation where your devices are on a network that have access to a Windows Server update service, you can certainly use that product as well as Microsoft System Center which is the more high-end management product, uh, but you can certainly use it to control the updates and manage the devices. Um, quick mention for the IoT Core LTSC product, there is a um, IoT Core services subscription option, which will give you access to what they call DUC, or Device Update Center, and that will allow you to manage your IoT Core devices. And then third-party, um, there's tons of other third-party software programs to manage um, your devices. So. Keep these options in mind and consider what you're going to do with your device. So I wrote a blog called The Update, That is the Question. And it's basically the question I just asked, which is how often, when, how. Um, so check, check uh, our, our, the link is right there underneath our MS Embedded blog and uh, give that blog a read. I can definitely give you some tips on how to do that there. So let's talk about the implementation a little bit of the lockdown features. Um, what you'll find when you get into this space is that there's a number of ways to do the same thing. So there's a number of ways to lock the system down. Um, if you go into the control panel, program apps, and Windows features, um, you can also search on features, and that you'll see the link to launch this from the desktop. This is where you can turn on these features, such as custom logon, keyboard filter, tail launcher, unbranded boot, and the unified write filter. So what you do is you go in and you check those boxes, and it'll install and enable those features, and then when the machine reboots, you'll have access to those. Most all of these features are enabled and managed through command lines, um, and you can actually, I believe, enable these through a command line as well. Uh, but know that they are right in, inside the, the product itself via that uh, menu option. One of the options uh, here is the custom logon, um, which basically um, gives you uh, the ability to sort of change how the machine reacts when it's, when it's logging on, so it can hide some of those screens that you would normally see on a Windows 10 logon screen. Um, and you enable that um, through, there's various options to enable it. 
I'm showing you one of the examples here. But usually uh, you would use an unattended answer file or the Windows SIM image manager, which we call SIM. Um, and with those command lines, you would, you're able to enable and disable these logon features. Um, I'm going to reference the actual website where you uh, can get more info on each of these here in a second. Unbranded boot is another popular one. Um, interesting enough, a lot of machines using you know, NVMe technology or SSD can boot so fast that sometimes you don't actually see some of these anyway. But you can certainly hide them. So using the unbranded boot options, you can configure the settings. Um, again, through a number of ways, whether it be DISM or whether it be the BCD edit, but you can hide the boot logo, the boot status indicator, um, the boot status message. You can hide all those. You can replace the, um, the boot logo with your own logo. So if you're wanting the machine instead of having the Windows logo there, you want to have your logo, there are ways to do that. And that brings me to the labs um, page, which is the link is there on the left. The Microsoft technical team from the IoT side recently created these five labs that take you through customizing the Windows 10 IoT Enterprise product. I would strongly suggest you go to that website and go through these labs. They're, again, they're focused on the IoT Enterprise product, and they will basically tell you how to create a basic image, how to customize that image, how to lock it down, um, and then how to sysprep, capture, and deploy. Um, so please use those labs. And we're at our, our last poll question. So, Brandon? Yeah, poll question number three here. How many of you currently sell server products? A, you sell server, uh, Windows Server and SQL. Uh, B, you sell Windows Server but no SQL. Yes, C, you sell SQL but not Windows Server or you don't sell any server or SQL products. So again, A, you sell Windows Server and SQL. B, Windows Server but no SQL. C, you sell SQL but not Windows Server. Or D, you don't sell either. So we'll give you a few more seconds to respond. And let's see what the audience has to say. Ken, that's that again. That's what I was uh, hope I was hoping for that, um, and that's pretty common. What we find is a lot of folks um, who do a lot of client um, actually aren't even aware that you can do the server through the embedded channel. Um, so the, the you know the strongest thing I'm going to point out here is that via the embedded channel you have access to the full Windows Server and full SQL products. Nothing is stripped out of them. They're bit for bit. 100% the same product is in the regular channel, but with the longer life cycle and the much better pricing, especially SQL, has a tremendously better pricing than the other channel. Um, so let me let's jump forward into server IoT 2019. So as you're, uh, again, another thing to consider when you're building all of your devices, how are they going to be connected? Will they, um, is there an opportunity to connect them to a server? Or do I have an application that might need to run on a server? Or maybe I'm already, maybe I'm already doing something on server that I didn't realize might qualify for embedded. Again, you have access to the embedded server product 
So instead of having all your devices go to the cloud, you could have them go to your server, and then your server could, could talk to the cloud. That's one configuration scenario. Or, um, again, I've, I've worked with uh, smart building companies who have applications that run on a server that might control all the lighting in a building or control all the window shades. Um, and so they use a server and a SQL product to do that. Many different security uh, companies use the servers for video surveillance as well. Uh, there's a number of different industry verticals where the server fits. And I've run into many scenarios where they just didn't realize that, hey, they could be using the embedded version um, instead of the volume channel version. So please keep that in mind. Let's talk about Server IoT 2019. So the first thing you'll note is the name is a new name. Um, they all the server products in the past have always been called Windows Server for Embedded Systems. Uh, we use the acronym FES, F-E-S, Windows Server for Embedded Systems. They're now changing the branding to actually add IoT in the name, so it will be called Windows Server IoT 2019. Windows Server 2019 has already been released in the volume channel back in October, but here in our OEM IoT channel, it was scheduled for Q1 of 2019, and as of yesterday, we did get a firm date that I didn't have time to get into the slide deck, but that is, it is coming March 4th. March 4th, 2019 will be the release of the Server IoT 2019 product. And once that product is released, you'll be able to get your hands on it and uh, start testing and playing around with it. All of the different versions, data center, standard, essentials, telecoms, and storage, all will be available. Um, and there will be a Nucalis edition uh, that I'll talk about here in a second. So um, you ready for that? Quick little comparison chart that's kind of showing more of the security capabilities, but Server 2019 on the far right with all the dots, previous editions. So there will be a lot of focus on the hybrid capability uh, for on-prem versus cloud, and lots of focus on the security, specifically adding some features around shielded VMs for Linux, um, and cluster hardening quite a bit of new improvements around those areas on this product. We don't have a whole lot of any other details, again, because for us the product hasn't launched um, and won't be out till March 4th. But let's talk about the new Calis Pilot. So a Cal is a client access license, and again, from my years of licensing, the uh, Cal is one of the most complicated things that people have a, a hard time understanding. But ultimately, when any type of user or device is accessing um, or using services on a server, you need a client access license for that user or device. And in the embedded space, for an appliance, that can be uh, tricky to even understand the licensing in some cases. I'll show an example here in a minute. Um, and so what you end up with is basically a mislicensing situation where they, they either don't include the cows, so they're shipping servers without cows, or um, they don't ship enough. So when there's an audit that happens, sometimes people don't have enough cows. And Microsoft decided, hey, so in this IoT space, let's offer uh, the opportunities so that you pay a little bit more for the server license but then we're going to change the license terms to basically exclude the, the requirement for cows, so ultimately no cows will be required. 
Um, and this is just this is not something just for 2019. The other qualifying operating systems are Server 2012, 2012 R2, and 2016. However, it does not include SQL Server, and it does not include Remote Desktop Services PALS. So, but for the regular server, this is a great great option for you. Um, and let's let's look at this example here, and I'll explain it to you. And I will note that there's a little bit of math off at the bottom, which I'll speak to in a second. But so in this situation with a retail scenario for smart parking arms in a garage, so again, perfect IoT example. Um, the current licensing requirements require that they purchase a client access license for every security arm. And so ultimately, they had 10 servers, um, which for the server license equated to six grand. They needed 400 cows. That was actually at 30 bucks a piece. That ultimately came to 12 grand. Um, and for a total price of 18 grand, the cows were twice the price of the actual server. Um, and so, uh, again, Microsoft took, looked at this and said, "Hey, let's let's create an option for IoT OEMs so that they don't need the cows." And in this situation, uh, for the no cows required, they bought the 10 server license for the increased price, um, put it at around 7,800 bucks, and then no cows, total price 7,800 bucks, and they, so they saved over 10 grand. In my example, I was trying to show people what the tipping point is, um, and so the, the 625 is really about 600 plus a $30 cow, um, and so the new Calus server is about 780, and so ultimately the tipping point is about five or six cows. So if you're going to do a server that needs more than five or six cows, you can use this Calus option, and every you know every user device after that is you know would be considered free. You're paying more for the server, but then no cows required. Um, and that's the you know, top question I got is when is it, where's the tipping point at? It's five or six cows and, and uh, it's worth it. We're going to wrap things up here with SQL 2019. Um, and again, we don't have a lot of info on this product because it hasn't been launched yet. Uh, but I did want to show you the top 10 reasons to choose SQL Server 2019. So they moved really quickly with SQL. It went from 2014 to 2016 and then very quickly to 2017. Um, and now here we are two years later already getting ready to release of 2019. We don't have a date yet. It obviously will be in 2019, um, So, but we don't have any idea of when that date will be. It, it, I, I don't expect it to be too much further. Um, these are the top, top 10 reasons to go with that product. The one I want to highlight is number 10 uh, with the penguin there. Just like SQL 2017, 2019, will support running on Linux. So you don't have to run this product on a Windows server. If you ha currently are selling or shipping Linux servers, you can use this database and from my understanding, save yourself a ton of money compared to other database options. Um, specifically, in the embedded space, you could buy this embedded IoT SQL Server 2019 and put it on a Linux server and just you wouldn't believe the savings you will, you will find. Uh, so keep that in mind. And with that, we will I'll hit the recap here. The Windows 10 IoT Enterprise LTSC 2019 is the most advanced OS for your clients. It's quick time to market, very secure, highly reliable. All you got to do is sign the CLA, get the media, get the key, start testing. Let us give you a quote. You don't need to buy any licenses until you're ready to ship production. Send an email to MS Embedded. We'll get the CLA going for you. 
here at Arrow, we have the most experienced Microsoft team that can help you. No other distributor has the experience we have, um, and we'll help you get started on the embedded program. That's it. I'm going to turn it back to Brandon. Very good. Thanks. Very good. Thanks, Ken. Uh, yeah, as Ken just mentioned, that brings us into the Q&A portion of the event. Uh, for those of you who have questions you haven't submitted yet into the tool, uh, please submit them now, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Um, one quick note uh, for those of you who weren't able to catch part one, um, you can find that at http colon slash slash ecast, E-C-A-S-T, dot opensystemsmedia.com forward slash 836. So again, that's ecast.opensystemsmedia.com forward slash 836 um, to catch part one. Uh, this was part two here today. So getting into the uh, Q&A, we got several questions back here for Ken. Uh, the first one, um, and perhaps the uh, most obvious one, is what if your company already has a CLA? How would you find out? Yeah, the best, just just contact uh, uh, send an email to NS Embedded at Arrow, and and we can we can look that up and and see if you do. Um, we can we can definitely try to find out if you've got one or not. Very good. Is that a pretty common occurrence, Ken? Yeah, yeah. Usually, someone within the company somewhere has signed it, and uh, you know nobody else in the company is aware of it or knows what the number is. So, uh, get with us, and we can we can try to find it. Very good. Um, so question two here, uh, when's the next LTSC version uh, scheduled for release? Usually the LTSCs come out about every two or three years. I wouldn't expect the next one. So the 2019 was just released this past October. I don't expect another one for at least two years, at least not till 2021. Very good. Uh, reminder to the audience, keep your questions coming in, and we'll get to as many of them as we can in the time we have left. Um, so, Ken, uh, could you use volume licensing media to build uh, an OEM image for uh, Windows Server 2019? Is that possible? You, um, so you would not want to do that. And the reason is uh, volume media requires volume keys, and OEM media works with OEM keys. And because when you buy the OEM embedded COA sticker, it's going to have a key on that sticker, and that's an OEM key. It will only work with OEM media. Uh, so you definitely want to keep those two separated. So keep keep your volume media with a volume key, OEM media, OEM key. Very good. Um, here for the uh, Cal-less uh, server option, is there a new part number uh, that's required? That's a great question. So there there is not. We're going to use the same exact part numbers. Um, there is what they call a, an amendment that has to be signed, and once you sign that amendment, it, in a sense, will change your pricing on that part number. Um, and so, again, we'll, we, we can work with you through that. When, whenever you need the Callus option, get with us. We work with you on this little amendment that gets signed, and then you just keep on using the same exact part number, but it will have an increased price. Very good. Reminder to the audience, keep your questions flowing in, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. All right, so here's one um, that uh, this uh, – person is uh, installing Windows 10 IoT in a VM in a virtual machine uh, running on a on Ubuntu server. Um, if they activate their golden installation and then copy the VM to another Ubuntu server, well, Windows 10 need to be reactivated. So 
uh, in short, um, yeah. if they copy the, v, the VM to an Ubuntu server, will Windows 10 need to be reactivated? Yes, it will. So it will, it will still see that it is running on a different hardware platform. So um, that, strangely enough, it's a common question I get is um, people think for some reason that if you activate um, the, the gold image, that it'll stay activated, and whether it's physical or whether it's virtual, if it moves to another host that's running on, it will definitely need to be reactivated. <laughs> Trying to be tricky there. Um, let's see. Uh, next question here: uh, Does uh, Windows 10 IoT embedded development uh, require having a Windows 10 host or development PC? You know, it is best to, to yes, build, build yourself a development PC. So de definitely most OEMs will take a separate PC, um, and they'll use that as their development PC to, to put everything on. You typically, would have, you typically would have a host development PC and a target machine. So you typically are going to have a machine that's loaded with, with Windows 10 and the ADK. So you're going to install the, the ADK with all the tools. And then you would typically use that to help create and customize your image that you would then blast to a target machine. Um, that's the most common option where other people just load the TIN on a PC and then do all the development on that PC. But there are quite a few tools within the ADK that can help you um, with further customization. Very good. Um, I know we touched on this a little bit earlier. We just want to drive it home. Uh, so what about uh, Windows Server 2019? Does the CLA also cover uh, Microsoft Windows Server 2019? That's another great question, because uh, because yeah, absolutely. So once you have the CLA, it covers all the embedded products, including the ones that are yet to be released. So um, if you have a current CLA today, of course, Server 2019 is coming out in March. It, it definitely definitely covers that product already. Very good. Reminder to the audience: keep your questions flowing in, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Um, here's one about security, Ken. Um, can you speak to um, or offer any? recommendations um, for the use of additional third-party products on top of Windows 10 IoT, for example, uh, McAfee Application Control, which is a whitelisting uh, product, uh, or similar products, or does Microsoft cover everything end-to-end, -end, in your opinion? Uh, uh, that's, again, that's another great point, a great question for me to clarify on. So um, again, so Windows 10 definitely has you know, Windows Defender, and it has uh, quite a bit of security itself. But definitely some OEMs do add third-party uh, support on there, um, such as McAfee. And first of all, the question I get a lot is, is that even allowed? Are you allowed to put you know, third-party applications on there? Um, or is that just for general purpose computers? And, and the answer is absolutely it is allowed. So if you have a third-party app that is in support of the device, whether that be antivirus, anti-malware, uh, whether it be for backup purposes or whether it be for management purposes, any third-party app that you, that's in support of the device is allowed, and you can install it on there. And again, it just depends on the level of security and what type of device and where it's located. All those factors come into play. But we definitely have some OEMs that will install third-party antivirus um, to just get that extra level of protection. Very good. Well, um, unfortunately, it looks like that brings us to the end of our time today. And for those of you who had questions we weren't able to get to, we'll make sure to have the appropriate representatives from Arrow follow up 
Um, I'd like to thank Ken Marlin of Aero Electronics for some great insight again on uh, Windows uh, 10 IoT Enterprise 2019. Um, and we at Open Systems Media and Aero would like to thank you, the audience, for attending today, participating in our polls, and contributing some of those excellent questions. This eCast will be posted online at the URL shown on your screen within 24 hours, and an audio-only podcast will be made available there as well. You can do a web search with the keywords embedded space e-cast and find all of Open Systems Media's webcasts available for download there as MP3s. Thank you again for attending, and have a great day.